I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear the apology. The egg is gone. The pie was eaten. How could you ever, <laughs> ever back the All Blacks to beat the Springboks at Twickenham? I do recall it was a nine-point win to the All Blacks, you said, and we won't be good enough. Apology accepted. Mate, I did say we would be talking about the bomb squad this week. Your negativity <laughs> astounds me. Okay, we're not going to harp on that. Let's look at the good news. 35-0 on the hour, 35-7, uh, a fantastic statement from the Springboks. And we can get into all the All Blacks lost a prop, All Blacks lost a player, All Blacks lost their discipline. Forget what the All Blacks didn't do. Let's for now focus on what the Springboks did do. Fantastic. Incredible performance from, uh, from the starting pack. Incredible performance from the seven who came on, 7-1 bench. Can we see an 8-0 bench with Colby covering at nine sometime in the World Cup? Why not? Exactly. Why not? Why not? I mean, uh, fantastic performance. Uh, everything that you'd want. All the dessert you could possibly stomach. I think it was an amazing performance. To see the Springboks roll the scrum like that and just go over the top of those guys, I'm, I'm not sure we can ever top that feeling. It's, well, it's just incredible. Look, I don't know if we'll ever top that kind of performance. So when you see a game like that, mm. you, I, you know, I was there, 36-0, uh, Afrique du Sud, Angleterre is uh, zero. Your Spanish is good. <laughs> it's actually French, Angleterre, <laughs> zero. Uh, at the start of France in 2007, 36-0, it was a wonderful, wonderful night. Uh, and we just pounded them. What I loved about this test match was 41 seconds into the game, they get a penalty. Ordinarily, 48 meters out, they kick to the corner and they test their liner. They took a scrum. Forget the Fools. Forget the hucker. They laid down the gauntlet there and then spent 20 minutes on their try line defending, losing players for ill discipline and getting absolutely assaulted in the scrum. Yeah. And when that pack of seven came on early in the second half, it was one of the great sights in world rugby to see seven of the green machines stretching, <laughs> uh, leading the charge. Two penalty scrums in the first two minutes that they were on. Just fantastic effort from the guys. And, you know, we keep on talking about statement performances. Uh, we weren't happy at the way, the inconsistency in the, in the rugby championship. We did speak about was potentially fatigue in terms of they were trained very hard and the peak would have to come here. 52-16 against Wales. We said it's a Wales C team, but we'll take the performance. The All Blacks put their best, best 15 on the park to start with. Whether they were at the races mentally or not is irrelevant. You can only beat what's in front of you. We didn't beat them. We beat them up. And 35-7. Zells, we, uh, we looked at our worst losses. 28-point differential, by the way. If you haven't heard, it's the worst in the All Blacks rugby history. Even though Jeff Wilson maintains they're still a better team and the box can't be any better. Got a bit of news for you there, Goldie. We can get better. The point is, 28 points. We used to love those kind of defeats. We thought we had played well. Yeah, that was a good day at the office not too long ago. When you look at our track record, we've taken some big ones. Monster, monster defeats. 57-0 against the All Blacks. Of our top nine defeats, and uh, the top eight, the lowest is 28 points, and then there's the 33-6 to New Zealand, 27 points. Seven of those nine have been inflicted by the old foe, the men in black. And our biggest winning margin against them was 17 points back in the 70s, 1970. So in the professional era, we owed them a big double digit. Agreed. And that's why at 35-0, I was 
thinking is today the day we get to 50 and we give them the donut. If anything, I was so disappointed with that seven points they scored. Yeah, I would have loved to have said all blacks or all blanks, but... All blacks! I like that! <laughs> but it didn't, it didn't happen, man. It didn't yeah. happen. So Cam Willgaard came through, scored that great try, and, uh, and put them on the scoreboard. But I, I get the feeling in that game, like, the scoreboard was almost irrelevant. The Springboks went out there to physically mash those guys. And the victory, I think, was a nice bonus. But the box came out there, they had all those kickable penalties in the early first quarter that they usually would have put over and taken the three points and they opted to set up those malls over and over and over again and I think that was just to put the All Blacks directly in front of them and punch them in the face and that's what they did to great effect. So, mission accomplished. Well, you know Rusty and often chatting to him in the past, uh, he always loved to say, take a nice firm orange yeah, and <laughs> put it in your palm of your hand and it's nice and firm and then squeeze it for 30 minutes without letting up. What does it feel like? Mushy. Mushy. Pup. Like a very poor Narchi. So the All Blacks went from this beautiful looking orange to a very, very unappealing Rusty always Narchi. gives you these great metaphors, oh, man. It's just... Rusty, I mean, everyone said, what genius move could he pull? And Jacques, he's come with two packs of Fords. That's the template to beat the All Blacks. <laughs> because if you have two packs of Fords, it doesn't matter who's wearing 9 to 15 for them. And they have fantastic backs. They just won't get the ball on the front foot. So an incredible, incredible performance. Uh, and we played our hand to the world. We've said, this is how South Africa plays. Stop us. Yeah. I remember in that series against Wales, there were times, at least once, where we had issues with uh, backline injuries. And um, yeah, we were kind of found out. We had an injury, we had to make two or three uh, shuffles in the backline. So I, I, don't, I don't think the box are going to go forward with that. And to be honest, I don't think they need to. Because our starting eight is are unstoppable. And then we've got five to six guys that we've been playing off the bench to date that, again, just ramp up that power. I don't think we need to really roll the dice on that. Well, again, I mean, Paul Williams, uh, the rugby correspondent based in Wales, said 7-1 is fantastic till you lose two backs in the first 10 minutes. Then it feels like you crap yourself in a wetsuit. We can all relate to that. We can relate to that. Every time Zells goes out into the surf, there's <laughs> Keeps uh, the sharks away. It's, again, what's amazed me has been the, the kind of anger that we've manipulated or somehow kind of bent the rules. The rules say you have eight substitutes. If you can develop eight forwards to, to cover your backs, go play them. Yeah. Uh, if we'd we, had three backline injuries and we'd lost because we didn't have any reserves on the bench, people would be laughing at us. And, and now it's a problem that we won because we played And like it's that. happened. It happened in the rugby championship last year. We got some early injuries and, yeah. and Jacques said, look, they rolled the dice and it that's kind right. of didn't work out. And that's always the risk when you play a 6-2, well now a 7-1. Yeah. But I just thought that... The box certainly have announced themselves. Mm. They didn't want to go in under the radar. They have gone in as the defending champions with two very powerful performances against Wales and New Zealand. Isn't that what you want of blokes who believe they're good enough to win it and win it again? Yes. And I think if you have a short-term memory, then the answer is an emphatic yes. And there's no part of that result or that performance on Saturday that is bad. Marnie Libok kicked his kicks. The forwards completely dominated. Everybody played their part and we recorded a milestone winner against the All Blacks. You, there is no negative to that game. Especially, so, so that, that is period. And if you look at the short term, you backed it up with the previous win against Wales, we look well on track. But if you take a step back and you look at where the box have been and how they're tracking and how we explained some of those unnecessary losses last year on the end of your tour, where are the box now? I still feel like I'm not 100% sure exactly where this team is. 
if the box went into the game against Scotland and beat them by 50 points, I'd say, yeah, that makes sense. And if they go in and they lose by seven, I'd say, yep, we pretty much saw that coming. I'm not really sure where the box are. I know they've smashed the All Blacks now. Well, I know where you are, mate. But I don't actually right have Right on the bearing. fence. Yeah, I don't have a bearing on these guys. And that's, that's not a great feeling. Well, I, well, I've got a great feeling about them. Uh, Scotland will be a very... We'll get to that, uh, obviously, before the Scotland game. That's going to be a tough game. And, but a great kind of tough game because the Scott pack is better than the All Black pack. Mm. Their backs aren't as good. Mm. And that's kind of where they've come unstuck when they've played a side like New Zealand. They, they hold them for 60 or then the lead on 65. Two moments of magic and it's, it's a seven-point win to New Zealand or a 12-point win. Uh, and that's how South Africa have lost often to New Zealand. Mm. 14 points, 21 points in five minutes, three moments of magic uh, because they got the pull. This time they didn't get the pull in any form of attack and field position. They were put under pressure. They hurried their passes. Uh, there was an intensity in the game, but there was also absolutely no discipline, no regard and no respect for the ball. So how it plays out in the World Cup, and I've said this to, to many people, mm. at the spa, at my local, and they say, too early, we've peaked too soon for the World Cup. <laughs> I said, wait, I don't know how the World Cup's going to play out in terms of the bunker, the TMOs and that. If we play 15 on 15 and we don't have any serious injuries, I believe we will win the World Cup and we'll beat France in the final. And I wrote that on Kyo, mm. and it's really nice of you guys to share that on SA Rugby Magazine. <laughs> I appreciate that. But let's look at that performance for just what it was. It was 80 minutes of absolute poetry. Yeah. Box-style poetry. Dominant up front, physical, uh, discipline, and then the kind of backline that they chose when we had the chance to counter-attack or move the ball. We did so wonderfully. And you look at a player like Kanan Moody. He looks like he's been Jeez. playing test rugby for 20 years. My goodness. So when you see what Jonah Lomu did, you see what Rapini Kakanibuka did, Joe Roth, Ben Chun, Carl Duplessis back in the day, John Kerwin, David Campisi, a Cheslin Colby time. You just think this is a special, special talent. A Pinot. Uh, when they've got the ball, something's going to happen. And as we've said, 13 is probably where it's going to end up. But to have, that op to have that option of him playing at 13, him playing 14 or 11, and at 15, and he's 20 years old. Man. He is going to be one of the stars of this World Cup. Does he start at 13 for you against Scotland? You bet you he starts at 13 against Scotland. And we're going to get to that. Who starts at 12? Andre the Giant or your mate Damien Dierlandi? No, my mate Damien Dierlandi. Based by, on what? By a long shot. The guy's a World Cup winner, beat the British and Irish Lions. If you look at the stats from that Lions series, Damien Dierlandi's role in that, in that series victory was massive. The pack basically used him as the guy to get them over the game line, so they were running downhill. He's a phenomenal force. Andre the Giants had two fantastic test matches uh, when we destroyed Australia's pack and we destroyed the All Blacks pack. I would like to see Andre going forward when our pack, when there's a little bit more parity. Whether that'll ever happen, I don't know, because we're unstoppable at the moment. Um, but I just feel like Damien Delaney's the guy for all occasions. All conditions, all occasions. So Damien Delaney's fit. He plays six of the seven games. Yeah. And uh, Andre the Giant plays Romania. I mean, Andre the Giant can play Tonga, no problems. And listen, if, if, if Damien goes down, Andre the Giant is no slouch. He's a fantastic guy to have backing up. But if both are fit and healthy... It's not even a question. It's not me. even a question for me. Damien DeLandy, all round, far superior. Yeah. Then do you go with Moody, just this magical, magical player who's 20 at 13? Or do you go back to 55 test Jesse Creel, or 50 plus test Jesse Creel because of his experience and he's played in World Cups? <laughs> so, Which one do you do? It's a, it's a tricky one because that Bok pack is creating so much momentum at the moment. And like we've seen recently, 
that in a way you don't need to be flashy in the backs. You can just win this game by just crushing people to pieces. And Jesse has more experience. So is he's less likely to gamble and make mistakes. But the ceiling on Kalen Moody is like a skyscraper. So this guy, I mean, he this is a this for me, I think this guy could finish up with 100 tests. He's he's a he's the real deal. Um, but whether he's got the the cachet at the moment to be starting at a World Cup in a new position, I don't know. I'd probably roll the dice on Kalen, to be honest. Well, every time they picked him, Jake picked him at the Bulls. He steps up. Jacques and Rassi picked him at the box. He just delivers. Mm. And he delivers with that 15, 14, and then now at 13. The calm and the composure that he brings, he's so understated. It's like boring for him. It's uh, all that. It's, it's like he plays that game in slow motion. <laughs> and one thing in sport, they say all the great sportsmen see the game in slow motion. Yeah. Uh, and, and he just, you know, Boki Kaber wrote that he, uh, that he reminds him of... Uh, a mo- a, a, like Donny Haber in his prime coming through. He has that kind of presence and uh, I don't think he's got that robustness, but mm. he's got guile and he's more com- like a combination between a Christian Cullen and a Joe Roth for me. Mm. Uh, he just glides, but he is physical and he's strong. Mm. I would start him at 30. Mm. Uh, you pick a guy when he's on a like red hot form, it allows you to pick um, to pick uh, Cheslin Colby. It allows you to kind of go with a back three potentially of... Um, uh, Vili LaRue, where do you include Damien, uh, Damien Willemse? What changes would you make, if any, to that 23 that went out against uh, All Blacks and smashed them? Sure. Well, I mean, if, so for starters, I would definitely not have seven forwards. I'd go with six. Um, I, you know, I, I want to see Jaden Hendrickson get back on the field. I really feel like uh, he's the guy that can make the most of that forward dominance. For me, Fuff is a guy who's a very nuggety, combative defend, a defender, fearless. Um, I'm not sure whether, whether that is exactly what we need when the pack is controlling the game like they are. If you've got Jaden putting perfect box kicks up, I mean, you could just suffocate teams to pieces. But you know they're going to start with five, so that's kind of yeah. that's a given. If we look to that Scotland game, of that 23 that play, mm. let's just look at the starting pack. Mm. You, they've, they've, they seem to have settled on now. It's Kitsy, it's Marks, and it's uh, France. You given, don't think Bongi goes back to the starting lineup? I, I, think, I think Scotland, I think Marks starts again, okay. and then they take it from there. Mm. But six of one, half a dozen of the other at the moment, the way they play. Mm, I love the second row. Eben and Sos, for me, I loved it. The start, it as a starting. Fantastic. And Klein and uh, Athia to come Coming off. Coming off the bench. Yes. I mean, how do you no, stop that? The mighty monster, mighty monster monsters. Exactly. Uh, and then, who do you pick on your wins? If you pick Kane and Moody at 13, who do you go with your back three? I'm probably going to end up saying uh, Chesler Colby and Kurt Lee Orens are on the wings and, and Vili at the back. Uh, and if you don't pick um, Kane and you pick... Jesse Creel at 13, then Caden on the left wing and, and, and Chesel on the right. And Kirkley not in the match 23. Potentially on the bench, yeah. All right, and then if you look at the, the bench, you're going 6-2. Who are your two backs? So obviously be Damian Willemse. Yeah, so I mean, so if we say we start five, then it'll be Jaden. I would have Jaden there, and, and I suppose Damian Willemse for his versatility, or Kirkley because he can potentially cover a bunch of backline positions and Caden can would, shift you, inside. You would leave Damian, Damian Willemse out of the 23? Well, I mean, I don't know. Come on. I don't know. Come on. Damien Willems are out of the, the Test 23 at the moment. He's a guy who would have been starting at 10, but apparently that's not the way we go. You're, so. So, you're, you're as uncertain as you're That's certain. what I've been trying to tell you from the beginning, is that I'm not really sure where this team is and what they're but trying to do. But you would pick Kirtley Aronson at 23 on the bench ahead of Damien Willems. Mm. Mm, think about that one. Yeah, well, I'm, sa- the editor I'm, I'm saying Kane and Moody can shift inside. Kane and Moody can pretty much... What we're talking about is he can play 13, 14. He can, you know, he can cover a bunch of positions. Are so. you telling me... You would even consider leaving Damian Willems out of a 23. Yes or no? That's pretty much where we are. I am considering it. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. He, like I say, for me, he would have been the guy that would have been starting at Flower, but we've done nothing to do that now. So where, where do you slot him in? I slot him in either as a starting 15, yeah. if something goes wrong with Billy, or he's definitely on the bench because he covers 10, 12, 13, 11, 14, 15, and he can kick. Okay. So Damian Willemson will never be out of my 23. Okay. It shocks Great. me that he's out of your 23. Right. And you want to include Andre the Giant. Including checking out. Right. <laughs> you got me. Got you. Looking at the other teams, okay, we've seen England fall apart. Uh, Australia say they're keeping their powder dry. They're not from five. Uh, Eddie Jones, I've never seen a, a coach to lose and cruise. That should be his tagline. Everything's always positive. He's got all this positivity with kids. He gets all the flack, though. They say he destroyed England and he's destroying Australia. Be that as it may, I don't see either of those two sides as being contenders for the World Cup, given they will go far because of a draw but they're not going to win the thing. No, I don't think either of those two teams will win it, but they are contenders because, precisely for the reason you gave. They're going to be in the final four. So anything can happen on the day, a refereeing decision, a red card, an injury. They just look like they offer nothing. Great win for Agreed. Fiji to beat them at Twickenham in front of 57,000. I think Australia are ahead of England, right? In terms of where they're at and how they're playing. Even though the world rankings don't talk to that point, you'd feel like if Australia played England, that Eddie would come up with the win there. Well, no. Where, where are you on that? I think England wins, okay? Really? I think their pack is better than Australia's pack. And I do think Farrell will be at 10. He'll control again. Mm. I know this young kid that you like, Flash Gordon. Mm. He's got potential. He's not a World Cup winning fly just yet. Mm. Maybe he knocks the mullet back. We'll see a different player. But they just don't do it for me at the moment, Australia. I've kind of been giving them the benefit of the doubt. When I looked at all the games leading up to it, and we've got to call it now. Everyone can be wise after the first yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Game. And look. It will evolve and change as the World Cup goes on. Yeah. Obviously, our opinions may change based on suspensions, losses, injuries. But right now, if you said to me, pick a winner, or pick two finalists and pick a winner based on what you've seen this whole year. As, 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 as I wrote and was consistent with SA Rugby Magazine's poll, I felt that it will be France against South Africa in the final, and I think South Africa will win comfortably. I've been waiting for France to, to fall over for four years, and they haven't. <laughs> Every time I think, I don't think they've quite got it. Uh, to win it, they yeah. produce very comprehensive performances. Where they have battled a bit is against a side like Scotland. Now, Scotland makes me nervous for the box. I think it makes Fabian Golty nervous as well. Mm. But Scotland hasn't got the team to go and win three games in a row mm. and win the thing. Mm. They don't have the depth in squad numbers. Mm. But they're a hell of a difficult opponent. Good pack and obviously Finn Russell and, and Duan Fanamava are, are great players to watch in action. So, for me, it comes down to South Africa. I, I do believe that uh, France would have too much for New Zealand on what I saw. Uh, because there's no one better than New Zealand can pick. Mm. And they've insisted that Sam Kane is their guy, okay? Jeez. So, it's the most uninspirational leader that I've seen of the All Blacks. And yes, he follows big shoes, the mighty Macau uh, and, and Kieran Reid, but yes, limited, eh? mm. very limited uh, in what he offers. So, I think France will be too good for them if they can handle the occasion. And I think um, South Africa will be too good for Ireland, which then throws us a Northern and a Southern Hemisphere quarterfinal. And I, and I think there... France, France uh, wins and, and South Africa wins. And two of the top four teams in the world go home, mm. while the teams ranked ninth, 10th, kind of eighth, go cruise through. So I think we're in a hell of a good position. We're settled with our squad. Uh, I think Pollard may still make an appearance as the World Cup unfolds. Uh, if Amit somehow comes through for the playoff games, we'll be in a, even in a better place. But no injuries, our pack firing, looking good, and just confidence. And what I really loved is, we haven't wanted to creep into this World Cup under the radar 
we're walking in there saying we ranked two in the world. We could easily have been ranked one. We were ranked one for, uh, for Friday night. Mm. And we are the defending champions. And we hit a win at back-to-back and to become the only team to win it four times. Whereas you hear New Zealand's conversation, well, it's maybe a good thing because we can slip in under the radar and we have the, uh, the underdog tag. Mm. When has an all-black team ever wanted the underdog tag? Mm, no, that's true, 100%. You've got France beating New Zealand now. Uh, in the opener. Yeah. So then that means New Zealand probably finishes second in that yes. group. And South Africa finishes top because we'll beat Ireland. So, so we've got South Africa and New Zealand in the quarterfinals. Yes. What happens there? Fuck, obviously we knock them over. Box by 10. <laughs> Always box by 10. Okay, and then in the other semi-final, France-Ireland? Uh, other quarterfinal? Well, if France are playing in the final, mate, they won it, haven't they? Okay. If they play in Dublin, Ireland wins. If they play in Paris, France wins. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And where's this been played? Not, 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 not Dublin. Dublin. Exactly. Yeah. So... That's where I see, everyone said there's five, six, seven teams that can win this, and there's only three teams that can win it. Mm. It's Ireland, France, or South Africa. And uh, I don't think Ireland's got the mentality. The one thing that this Bok team has got, it's the same squad of players who went to Japan and won it. So France has gone to finals, they've gone to semi-finals, and they've never won it. Mm. Ireland's never got out of a quarterfinal. So history does count for something there. The edge that we have is, we've experienced this whole playoff pressure and we've come up trumps Mm. and we came up in the most spectacular way in japan in 2019 when the world was against us we destroyed japan 26-3 a 53 meter driving mall tribe which to me was the trial of the tournament we went in and we arm wrestled a very good well side pollard kicked a magnificent penalty to take us just over the line and damien delaney scored that fantastic try England destroyed the All Blacks, threw them around like ragdolls, 19-7. That could have been 40-0 as well, that game. How they got seven was that overthrow at the lineout, and thought they'd won the final. Joking around in the week, everything was a piss take, the props laughing. South Africa turned it on. Their scrum destroyed, obliterated England in the first 20 minutes, and we showed we could play with with them. We brought a new dimension. That 2019 final performance is very similar to what we saw at Twickenham. We can play that game, and that has put the world on alert. Mm. Are you still here, man? I'm listening, mate. It's been a great tale. (laughs) You've taken me back in time. It is a great tale because, like we said, we've been pumped nine times by 27, 28, 50, 40, 30 points differential. We've had some horror days. We've had those ugly moments. Yeah. But we've bounced back. New Zealand looks like a boxer that's never been hit before mm. True. and doesn't actually know what to do. Mm. Uh, when I watch them, I mean, I've used this kind of analogy or a metaphor before, but when Anthony Joshua got clubbed for the first time by, by Ruiz Jr., it's like he didn't seem to know what to do. He's looking at his corner. That's how the All Blacks look. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and that's about how we looked to Mount Smart when they blitzed us. Mm. But they, they don't have the game or the pack to sustain that. And we came in cold on that game as well. So... To me, it's like such a good news. It was, it was the best 80 minutes I've given up of my life to watch the Springboks on Friday night. And maybe the tension wasn't there because I knew it was a warm-up game, but I just felt we, we mentally were switched on to put up a performance to tell the world the Springboks aren't giving up their title. A very good team has to be. Sure, there. sure, sure. And we keep on saying this, Els. Uh, we just hope that this World Cup's not decided by the bunker, TMO, uh, inept uh, a weak match officiating and I want to ask you on this 
And we saw this in this game. We worked to our advantage, though. The, t- the TMO was in the referee's ear the whole time, mm. calling back. And we got the rub of the green, okay, mm. with a lot of the decisions. But it needs to stop, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and this is ridiculous. This takes away from the game. Apparently, the first half was more than an hour. I mean, I, did, I didn't notice, but apparently it was was in that region. And uh, I just think it's bad for the game when we slow it down like that. You know, it just you may as well go and play rugby league then or play NFL if you're going to stop the game all the time. In games where, uh, I think it was Luke Pierce over the weekend was refing, and he just he made calls live and the game continued. And the speed and the tempo, you can actually get caught up in the story of the game instead of having to stop and go buy some popcorn and come back to see what Well, happened. if you put everything on super slow motion and keep on replaying, you're going to find a mistake, of course, okay? Of course. So unless it's an absolute howler, it's play on. It does balance itself out. Uh, I've given my sermon. I've kind of put it on the block. I've said that I do believe, all things considered, that the Springboks will beat France by 20-plus points in the final. And how incredible would that be? The same group of players win by 20 in Japan and they win by 20 in, in, in Paris, in France. I mean, that would just be oh, <laughs> scripted in Hollywood, okay? No injuries, no red cards, no yellow cards. You give me your quarterfinal final and who's going to win it now look i think the box are definitely in with the shot i think there are i think there are major major contenders in this thing i sense negativity you don't need to sense negativity i think the box are there in the sa rugby mag uh, world cup issue the bumper edition 164 page bumper edition we did our predictions on every single match and we came out with france versus south africa in the final and the box winning so we said this is how the box are going to win the world cup and i believe that is totally an option for me if they beat the all blacks in the quarterfinal they'll win the world cup do you think the All Blacks are good enough to beat them in a quarterfinal? Yes, I do think Why the All Blacks. Why do you think that? Because I think we played in a match this weekend. So first of all, they smashed us at Mount Smart. And historically, they beat us. We played in a match this weekend where they lost their starting tight head prop in a front row group that lacks experience. They started, lost their starting tight head prop in the first quarter. They started Dane Coles, who's not one of their starting hookers. They lost their most physical forward to a yellow card and then a red. They played a 13 men for 20 minutes. The referee, I wouldn't say he favoured us, but we got the rub of the green. And uh, they chose all of that to happen on the one day that we put seven forwards on the bench. So in a way, it was a perfect storm, I think. And so, and even then, we won by 28 points, right? So fantastic result in, in a microcosm on its own, fantastic. I'm just not sure that the box are good for that the next time we play the All Blacks. And I think definitely going into a match where in the match week, people are going to be talking about this game saying the box delivered a record victory the last time they played. The onus is going to be on South Africa to back it up. Historically, we're not very good in those situations. We like to be written off. Who do you want, if, who, who do you think the box should be playing in the quarterfinal? If France? they can get France, they'll win. I would much rather play France. And if they get back. New Zealand in a final? <sighs> well, we've would only played be, them once in a final, mate, we're 100%. Would you be as nervous as you are now? Because you're very nervous about... I worry about those All Blacks, mate. The dangerous gringos, mate. I think, I think it could get, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're a good team. Uh, yeah. If we beat them at any stage of this World Cup, we will win the World Cup. All right. We're going to end off with the Sia Khaleesi factor. How incredible was his performance? Jeez, that guy's something else. I mean, that guy has, uh, that's just the guy who was carrying tackle bags with Heineken May in 2015 at the World Cup. The missing link. 2018, Rassi Erasmus appoints him as the captain of South Africa and uh, doesn't do it because he thinks I want to have a first black captain. He just appoints him because of it. The, the charisma he brings and yeah. kind of the, the calm he brings and he knows that there's strong experience and leadership at that stage and the Dwayne Vermeulen's around him. And this guy just thrives and flourishes and the bigger the occasion, the bigger his performance. I think they had to pull him off on, on uh, he didn't want to come off and just the physicality that he adds and 
you know when he plays and captains the box and he's first out of the tunnel they are just a far far easier on the eye team yeah. than when he's not there yeah, yeah, yeah. and there is a charisma that he brings there's a flamboyance that he brings and geez he is a guy who was made for test rugby yeah not uh, regional or domestic competition he plays for the big moments and to have him there, to have him fit and firing, I think has been the greatest thing that's come through in these warm-up matches. Yeah, and definitely is, uh, the timing is perfect as well. Like if Sia had been around 10, 15, 20 years ago, the kind of rugby that they were playing, he wouldn't have been a great fit. But his ability to be physical, to be athletic and to be a link from six, the timing of it with what's going on at the box right now and how they're playing and where they're strong is fantastic. You know, like you saw him unlock, uh, unlock the, uh, uh, for the first try against Wales. Just an amazing player, you know, first touch of the ball and offload out the tackles. And to get his first try against the All Blacks, his 10th try of his career, and kind of get us on the board, all that dominance to get the seven points and then for us to, to rock and roll after that. Mm. This is the last time though that we can chat about permutations, holding back the gunpowder, etc. Next week we chat, we talk in World Cup, opening rounds. Then, no more friends sitting, my man. Then you've got to call it, man. Okay. You've got to call it like it is. Okay. And you're allowed to be wrong. Deal. I know you took a lot of strain over the weekend. Mate. Every time you went. Stock price has gone time, right down. Every time you went into the mall out in Bloberg, guys were telling you, enough with the negativity. <laughs> <laughs> Always great chatting, Zells. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend. And guys, get that 164-page SA Rugby magazine. It is a cracker. Everything you need to know. And there's a very cool lacquer a big chart, and you can chart every game as the boys at SA Rugby Magazine did, and you can pencil in France, pencil in South Africa, pencil in the 20th of October, start of France. We're going to be there wearing green, and we may have to upset and spoil the party of the Parisians and the whole of France. Beautiful. But for now, we've got six, seven glorious weeks to look forward to. Enjoy this weekend off, because from next week on, it's full on! Box by 10. <laughs>